Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. The US Federal Reserve has recently raised interest rates to 3% in a bid to fight inflation and mitigate a coming recession. This has had a runoff impact on Eastern Asian economies like South Korea and Japan. One country whose markets have seemingly, seemingly remained intact during this period of rife economic uncertainty is India, with Chief Economist, econo, econ, with Chief economist Paul F. Gruenroll Grunwald from global rating agency S&P, saying India is unlikely to face the oncoming recession due to its not-so-coupled relationship with the global economy. Joining us now to investigate the success of India's economy is Associate Professor of Economics at the University of Otago, Trent Smith. Kia ora, how's it going? Yeah, I'm here, yeah, I'm well, thanks. Nice. Now, India replaced Great Britain uh, earlier this year by becoming the fifth largest economy in the world, yet only a decade ago they were the 11th largest why has the Indian economy grown so dramatically in such a short, well, relatively short time? Uh, well, I mean, uh, India has a massive population, right? It's, so it doesn't take much of a tick to make them, it, when you're talking about total economic pro- production, it doesn't take much of a tick when you've got that big a country to, to work your way up the world rankings. So uh, not that surprising, honestly, that uh, I- I- India has, has been making small steps, and it's not that surprising that that would add up to a lot of money. Is there anything in the way of uh, fiscal policy from the Indian government that would be seen as like a a, land, uh, a milestone moment for India? Well, that's kind of funny. So the 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 biggest, the best bright spot India has going for it at the moment is that its stock market is up. Like it's it's up by a very small amount, but relative to the, to other share markets around the world, um, they're sort of massively ahead, right? So tiny little increase in the value of their stock market, but everyone else is down, you know, fifteen twenty percent. Um, so, unfortunately, um, stock market valuations are not the greatest indicator of how well your economy is doing. Uh, and so, I mean, in particular, there's the sort of the, the first thing you should think of, I guess, is there, there's a there's a trade off between wages and and stock market valuation, right? So, it, you know, if you hear that wages are rising, that sounds great to you and I, but from the perspective of you know the owners of big companies. That's it's usually bad news, right? It, it means my wage my wages have gone up. Mean my costs have gone up, but so so there's there's a pretty strong inverse relationship between wages and costs, uh, and and so uh, and, but also between wages and stock market value. So the fact that the stock market's gone up in India could actually mean that it's been bad news for the working class, um, and and possibly even for you know the broader economy as a whole. But the, from what I understand, so I'm not an expert on India, but I, you know, I, I have friends who are familiar with the economy and the politics there. And from what I understand, um, Prime Minister Modi, they, some, <laughs> he's sometimes called uh, India's uh, Donald Trump, and, and, in the sense that he's, um, uh, he's, he's um, sort of a very much in the neoliberal school, which I could talk a little more about if you want. <laughs> but um, everyone likes to talk about neoliberalism these days. But um, in the sense that he's uh, Modi, apparently has been very much sort of um, aligning himself with big business business interests in India, and um, to the uh, you know at the expense to some extent of you know things like infrastructure investment that that a lot of his critics think that he's really fallen down on. 
Right. So does that mean it's not necessarily true that India's economy is decoupled from the rest of the world and unlikely to feel the recession that other countries are? Well, I mean, India does have some advantages over the rest of the world. I mean, because they're, uh, you know, they're a lesser developed country, their um, their economy is less dependent on, well, on trade for one thing, but on um, also on like fossil fuel use. Right. And those are the big the big thing holding down the rest of the world at the moment is is oil prices, uh, and to 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 the extent that uh, you know their economy does less, uh, you know, mechanically and more manually with manual labor and that sort of thing, um, that that's, that's serves as a buffer against high oil prices. Now, wh- what makes the Indian economy? Um, what what characterizes it as being decoupled from the global economy, and why do you think this might be? Well, yeah, I mean. These days, no no country is decoupled from the global economy, right? So India's trade has been going up. Their um, you know their foreign investment has actually been going up. Um, so I, I'm you know it's you, you really can't say that they're decoupled. It's just that you know some of the some of the um, you know some of the the global happenings that are dragging the rest of the world down don't hit India's hard. Um, would it be beneficial to India to become more connected with these international markets? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, the um, you know, I think everybody, I think everybody understands the advantages of trade, right? It's sort of you, every country or, or every every country, uh, you know, gets to specialize and, and trade, and there's uh, mutual advantages to that. Since the, I mean, of course, now you know, since we've had the the pandemic especially there are big caveats on that right like we've realized that oh all of this um uh, you know all of this trade has made us much more dependent on what's happening out on in the outside world but it's also made our supply chains more fragile so there there are costs to globalization as well as benefits i mean yeah yeah i mean if i was in charge in india i i probably would be pushing for more trade but at the same time keeping in mind that um that you need to you, you need to maintain a, a robust domestic economy. You mentioned before that um, you know Modi is quite a neoliberalist. <laughs> do, you, do you know if that's that you know neoliberal or austerity politics in general is is rife within the Indian establishment? You know, I don't. You know, I I, some, I, I ask my Indian friends about this. You know, like what's it what's it like? You know, does does. Uh, do the are the politics you know in India completely ruled by you know <laughs> by uh, you know the big um, you know wealthy owners of capital and, um, and you know they they tell me that no it's not really like that it's a different system and they've got different culture um, they don't kind of see that kind of um, corruption but but then but then they at the same time they worry about Modi right that Modi seems to be moving away from that and more towards you know the insider. I mean, so uh, I should. So neo neoliberalism is the big buzzword these days. Um, I, I should probably say a few words about what I mean when I say it. So the um, I like I like to characterize neoliberalism as being a political project uh, that is aimed at um, protecting uh, the interests of you know the business class. And so, so that's what I mean when I say Modi has sort of taken this neoliberal track. Um, and, you know, neoliberalism has been extremely successful, you know, in the sort of uh, starting in the 1940s. 
you, you know, this this movement started at University of Chicago, and 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 by the 1980s, it had, it was taken over the world, right, with Reagan and Thatcher, and 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 later New Zealand. Uh, and and so th- that sort of explains a lot of where the world economy is today. Is that uh, we've sort of uh, the world has moved toward this ideology that um, aims to protect. Um, property rights is the euphemism, but it often that often comes at the expense of things like worker rights. Yeah. Yeah. It seems we always seem to circle back to neoliberalism a lot. When we talk <laughs> it's a recurring topic. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on uh, today and speaking on India, India's economy and and uh, you know the likelihood of they're going to be able to c- survive the oncoming recession or not. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.